Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of friends explore movies through trivia. I'm one of these friends, KJ, and with me is... Um... My butt. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then, we'll follow it up with our famous movie rant, where anything goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2022, we would have had to choose between The Batman, PTS, Permission to Dance, RRR, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and today's movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Which won an Oscar for Best Costume Design, Best Original Score, Best Film Editing, Best Original Screenplay, Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Picture of the Year for a total of nine Academy Awards. KJ will be our questionnaire today. KJ, what is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once all about? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. We follow Evelyn, who is being audited on her taxes. She runs a laundromat service and is being served divorce papers from her husband and is also struggling with her relationship with her daughter. Turns out this is just one universe and there are many universes with many Evelyns, with each making different decisions that lead to different paths in her life. Evelyn eventually learns the power to pull skills from other universes and use them to defeat her enemies who are trying to destroy all the universes. The movie does end on a happy note when Evelyn is able to navigate her tax audit, she and her husband are on good terms, and she's able to connect with her daughter, even if it's just a little. It's time for question one. What is the first object we see in the movie? Locked in. Locked in. Tom, what do you have? Uh, That mirror on the wall. Margaret? Yeah, the meal on the wall and the singing karaoke. Points for everybody. Yep, we start with a mirror. I guess that's supposed to show different universes, right? We look at a mirror, we feel like we're looking at a different universe. Mm-hmm. It's a good start. It's a circle, which is very Yeah, yeah which is symbolic. the important image. Yep. And then yep. we, mm-hmm. It's also a portal, right? It becomes a portal, portal that we zoom yep. into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All these things. It's time for question two. What is the name of the villain? Locked in? No. I think I have it. I I was trying to, I was like thinking about the movie and I'm just like, oh, that's what (laughs) Chewbacca did. (laughs) Like my internal monologue was, yeah, it was like Chewbacca then did this. Um, I'll lock in, I guess. Oh man, it's so stupid. What do you have? Um, Joe... Bubaka? Baki? And Margaret? I've got Jobu Tupaki. And Margaret gets the points. Yep. Oh. Jobu Tupaki. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know if it was Tupaki, Tupaki. I, I, I remember how it's scanned, you know, like mm. how different words scan in poetry. I'll remember the mm. scansion, but not, not the actual sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to look up what it meant. They said it's completely made up. Mm-hmm. The director and his wife were trying to think of names for their kids and started throwing out things like that, and that one made them laugh. So there we go. There you go. Bit of trivia on Talking Pictures Trivia. 
It's time for question three. For a point apiece, what is the first way we see each of the core family members attempt to pull skills from other universes? Oof. Um, I, I can lock in. I, got, uh, I, I, I guess I'll lock in, but I, I don't think I have the full answer. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So Hi, what do you have? you've got Evelyn changes the shoes on her feet. And then you have Waymond um, eats the um, chapstick. But then after that, I get confused because um, Joy doesn't need to do anything odd. So she just shows up and is everything. And I don't remember seeing the grandpa doing anything unusual. Like I know like I know that Evelyn makes him like eat his own snot, like, but that was her jumping <laughs> off point. So I don't actually I don't have anything for the grandpa for joy. Yeah, perfect. No, that's um yeah, we'll just do the three, the Evelyn, Joy, and Wayman in this case. Tom, what do you have? Um, I did have the same thing for Wayman the eating the, the chapstick. Um I thought Evelyn did not get a skill, not with the changing shoes. I thought she oh, I thought yeah. her first skill was saying I love you to mm -hmm. her yep, yes and meaning it. Uh and then I the first time we see Joy jump. Um, which isn't, I guess she's not drawing a skill, but the first time she just kind of cocks her head, which isn't a thing, I guess. It's not a weird thing. Um, but then we see her walk, walking a pig. So I I, I have a trouble with Joy because I don't know if she does anything particularly weird. So I'm just going to say yeah. she moves her head. And th that's my answer. She doesn't have to. That's like that's the whole point. Thought. Like she's yeah. she, Because Evelyn later doesn't need to either. Mm -hmm after she's like figured it all out yeah that's the yeah. curse right is that they, yes. they don't have mm -hmm. to yes yeah all right points for everybody um i had evelyn switching the shoes joy cracking her neck and wayman eating the chapstick um but i guess you guys are right the way i worded the question strictly speaking did evelyn get skills when she switched her shoes she got knowledge yeah. i thought I of it as that was i was thinking in terms of voice jumping but right. I think Tom is actually technically correct. Like, if we need a tiebreaker here, I think goes to Tom. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's that's when she's able to go into that other like closet person. Yes, or whatever. like right. she's she's in a different universe. So she's mm -hmm. like she does activate the the ear thing. Mm -hmm. So there's some sort of jump, but it's yeah, it's not like she's doing anything yeah. cool apart from setting off the the mm -hmm. jump to the other universe. Going to the last question. Tom has four points and Margaret's in the lead with six. How? Oh. I didn't oh, get Oh, because I got Joey the other Baca. one. Okay. I still don't have it. It's been it's just such a long day, guys. I was like, what happened? This isn't this isn't right. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Joey Chewbacca. It's like Chewbacca from New Jersey. Joey Box. It's time for question four. What? Is Evelyn holding when Wayman is explaining how the mind is like a clay pot? Locked in? Uh, I'll lock in too. I don't think I'm right, but I'll lock in. Tom, what do you have? The divorce papers? 
Mm. Margaret? I have a bagel. Yes. And I think specifically it was an everything bagel. It had a lot of seeds, I yep. remember. Yeah. I think it's the first time we see an everything bagel. I worked in the in a bagel shop for six years, so I, I, do, <laughs> I do pay attention to my bagels. <laughs> Congrats to Margaret, our winner. Stay tuned for a movie rant that crosses through multiple multiverses right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even if I did that print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, we died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to see the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Gollum. Gollum. Say Gollum dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh, wow. here. That's, wait, wait, wait. Perfect. Oh, That's perfect. Limited Lexicon coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Super fun movie, super emotional. Um, special effects were great. The editing was great. I really like the soundtrack. What are your guys' thoughts? I, I loved it. Um, I know Tom and I disagree about a few things with this film. Um, I I brought Tom to this movie because I was like, I love this movie so, so much. And Tom was less impressed. He can explain that. But um, so for me, the thing, there's so many things I love about it. But this relationship between Evelyn and Joy is so important to me. It's something that I really identify a lot with. And I noticed that a lot of my like, girlfriends also pick up on that a lot there's something I think about that mother-daughter relationship and the idea that like the entire conflict of this movie is the idea that like the entire multiverse is breaking because a daughter just wants her mother to understand her and while everyone thinks she's out to murder her mother she's actually just looking to be closer to her is very on the nose I guess but like deeply compelling um, to me and the ways that they actually um, have the conflicts is, is really, um, yeah, just really compelling and rings very true. Um, so that's, that's definitely what struck me the most. I also love the fact that it like leaned into the absurd as mattering. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I like, I love that I was invested in Wakakuni. Like why? Mm -hmm. That's the silliest mm -hmm. thing. And yet like, 
there was something deeply moving. Like I'm deeply invested in like the hot dog finkel relationship too. And I love this idea of saying, okay, well, if the universe is absurd, instead of like just kind of leaving it at that to say, well, why, why can't we just love the absurd? Maybe there's something lovable in all of these spaces um, too. So yeah, I, I found it deeply compelling rewatching it for this this podcast one of the things that i really like that the movie does is kind of this three beat idea so it Mm -hmm. introduces rakakuni as a silly gag first then she kind of ruins the rakakuni relationship kind of (laughs) by accident but like she's stressed out but then it it finishes the the arc or the joke or whatever you want to say with them saving each other. And I, I agree, Margaret, it completely works. I don't know why you're so happy when she throws that guy to get to Rakakuni. Yeah, it's it's so silly. And isn't that like Haley Connick Jr.? Isn't he the voice of Rakakuni? Uh, I want to say he is. I could be, oh, I could be wrong. Wow, I, think, I, I think that's it. it. If not, it's somebody who sounds a whole lot like him I, I will have to google it but like the whole thing is so silly like it's yeah. just so silly and it starts off honestly with the kind of thing i think like i don't know my mom or a mom would say mm-hmm. where they mean one thing and they say something really close particularly in pop culture mm-hmm. and they're like they're so sure about it and you're like no mom that's that's not what it is it's the lat it's not a raccoon like so mm-hmm. it seemed like just this like silly thing like this is this is what parents do and she's actually white like intuitively she understands how like the universe works and that there is a a raccoon chef somewhere i just i love it (laughs) yeah and then the building on what you were saying about the daughter mom relationship i i also thought that worked really well and was great to see on screen but then the other thing that i connected a lot with was wayman the whole time right he's always kind of there but he's in the background he wants to do good but he doesn't always know the best way to do it. So I I also think his relationship with Evelyn and even the, the kind of side relationship he has with his daughter, I, I also really enjoyed. And I think every time I rewatch the movie, that comes more to the forefront for me as opposed yes. to the Kung Fu and the fighting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also the relationship between Evelyn and her father, too, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I find like the way like on one hand, it's her anger at him is increased as a parent. Like now that she's a parent, like, how, why did you let me go? How could you let me go? But there's also this moment that when Joy is pushing her hardest, her first instinct is to just kind of give up because I, and like nine times out of 10, when someone says, leave me alone, you should. So like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I get that. But that that there's this instance where she also understands like, well, when your child is telling you with like the full, like full force that it's just too painful to continue this relationship, your instinct is going to just kind of let them go um, too. So it's like, she's, she understands her father more as well. Um, mm-hmm. In addition to yeah, Wayman's character is just mm-hmm. uh, so, so fantastic um, too. Yeah. When when he tells everybody to just be kind, I couldn't help myself. I started crying. I... <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's so compelling. Yeah, and also just the way that he just views a happy life so differently mm. than her success. This idea that she's in this glamorous, gorgeous universe and is thinking like this is what could have been, and he's in that same space and saying, "Well, the beautiful thing would have been to be doing laundry and taxes mm-hmm. uh, as well." Yeah. Yeah. And he just seems so genuinely happy 
almost with whatever he's doing, particularly when he's meeting with the customers or hanging out with the customers. So yeah, I, I thought his character was awesome. I liked a lot of the absurdist comic comedy of it. I mean, there's one scene where they the soundtrack has people singing Bagel overlapping Debussy, <laughs> which made, which made me laugh a lot, I, and things like that. There's a you know a lot of the like her walking in with a pig and beating up a bunch of people with dildos. You know th this kind of comedy I appreciated and I liked a lot, which is the whole thing with this kind of existential absurdist element, which is like, yeah, we're not going to be able to acquire meaning in this world or even know if there is meaning in this world. And what the multi, the, the cleverness of it is the multiverse makes the meaninglessness make sense, right? Because like, no, it's not even that there is no God to give you guidance as to why you're doing certain actions. It's every single action you've ever done has happened. And so no individual action is, is consequential because it, it just happens somewhere else. And so there's sort of like even upping the ante with this kind of existential dread. Um, and yet it it's an interesting thing because it's almost like, you know, this kind of idea of the myth of Sisyphus is Sisyphus has to roll this boulder up the hill and the, the existential argument is like, no, that's a good thing. That's where you find joy is in the task, mm -hmm. even if the task is meaningless, even if there's no, even if that boulder is always going to roll back down, it's you're engaging the world in some way. What's odd about the movie and I think original is that the thing that, you know, kind of gives you, you joy and whatnot is, even though it's ultimately not going to be meaningful because in some other universe it, it doesn't even exist and probably most other universes as we learn it doesn't exist is engagement with your family and finding love with people which um is has no meaning whatsoever but it's the only meaningful thing anybody can do and so the that take and modernization of this existential concept i thought was was nice and the silliness the sillier the movie was the happier i was mm. um you know like the the concept of um the nihilistic option as opposed to the joyful option being embodied in a in a floating bagel like that stuff is <laughs> you know i enjoyed a lot the, the movie does get very sentimental it gets very heavy-handed it it, it takes a lot of time to explain itself in ways that i i kind of find frustrating yeah. i also find it like um it's just phenomenally ugly i think it's a very ugly looking mm. movie um uh th though i like a, a lot of the performances in it um you know and yeah like, so like when raymond is coming out and saying everybody be kind everybody just be kind to each other i i, I kind of find that cloying I, I didn't <laughs> and i can completely understand that in most yeah. movie toms yes. i'm right there with you but for some reason with this movie it just worked i thought yeah and then after that you have the i i learned to fight like you where she fights everybody with those googly <laughs> eyes which i also find kind of annoying um and the potential for the for me the potential for the scene where her and joy finally where the nonsense stops and her and joy actually talk as two people it, that that was very touching but a lot of that was diminished for me because we had this this kind of sweet stuff um and prolonged mm. sweet stuff happening before and so it just became th th there was just a lot of sugar on that bagel for me <laughs> but by that scene. so that's a, a lot of some of the more you know problems i i had with it um 
yeah i i mean i'm philosophically i don't agree with the movie obviously i you know but that's fine right i don't i don't need to in order to um appreciate its kind of take but like a you know, like the scene with the rocks, right? There's, so there's one scene where there's two rocks and it's it's Evelyn and Joy speaking to one another. Um, we get the message of the movie literally typed out for us on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Right? So in, instead of this kind of like, uh, this opportunity for like a really funny joke, even though I think the cursing <laughs> language, that's a joke, ha 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 You know, that, that, that's really funny. Like I enjoyed that, but that was, again it was just kind of like i i know what you're doing you don't have to type it out for me that that stuff kind of irritated mm. me in the movie and i know that this is something we've talked about tom like not just with this movie but like even like the sopranos and stuff that like often you will watch a scene and you'll be like i got it you didn't need to explain it like i didn't need tony to explain this thing to like <laughs> to his therapist like we get it and like the same thing with like the locks and stuff whereas I tend to love scenes the characters explain things not because I'm too like I'm confused and I need it although plenty of times I'm confused and need it like I'm not gonna like I don't but like for me with those locks and a lot of moments in that movie it's about seeing a daughter finally articulate herself to a mother and so for me when I see that scene in the lock like I'm so invested in joy being able to finally say what's been weighing on her like I know what's been weighing on her like you're right Tom like at this point we get it we understand what the issue is it is written out for us but I'm like what a moment that joy is finally in this crystal clear like silent way just saying like um like how I don't know the 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 way that she's been feeling and the and what and like the conflict that she has um and again I think that that might be a little bit of like projection not not gonna lie <laughs> um because I've also found like a good friend of mine who is also a middle daughter um felt the same way and then her parents saw it and they said the same thing Tom said they were like they kind of over explain it. I don't know why you're so into all of this sentiment. And we're like, what is wrong with you? This is the most moving thing we've ever seen in our lives. So like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I also wonder how much of it is like imparted to by, by different dynamics of the viewer as well. Sure. And then as a parent too, you, you're like, oh man, if we could have just been rocks for a few minutes, that probably would have helped a lot of these situations. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it looks like Haley Connick Jr. was not in it, just to like have, <laughs> have like a true record here. I, I swear, though, I uh, like the internet seems to indicate no, and I'll trust the internet. I I did like D Jamie Lee Curtis. I actually think Jamie Lee Curtis's character distinctions were more well defined. Okay. Than um, Stephanie HSU's character distinctions, uh, and I think just very subtle things she did with her voice when she's the mm -hmm. IRS agent mm -hmm. in the central world. She kind of drops her voice in a kind of growly, really nice way that we don't see when she's hot dog lady, hot dog mm -hmm. lady. Yeah, there's a little right. gentleness. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, gent I, I found that I found her just a lot more. Uh, subtle i really like that act um joy when she drops the sort of outrageous uh outrageous character and has those kind of scenes just with her mother mm -hmm. um she those were were actually my favorite moments for that actress anyway the 
you know, I, I really wanted more of that than the kind of the over the top character. Um, you know, Joe, Joey, Joe, Tobacco. Tobacco, yeah, Joe Tobacco. Whatever that was. How about Kihei Juan? That guy was awesome. And I really liked him. And when he would change between characters, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, the way that he could be so cool and so <laughs> dorky, like mm-hmm. switch between those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the way that the actress who played uh, Joy, the way that she could communicate being crestfallen and like disappointed, but holding back disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, like with like those, those, those like deep hearts that were in smaller, yeah, smaller body language was. Was well, fantastic. Yeah, and it's true. Jamie Lee Curtis, you're like Tom, does have more like variety in her characters um throughout the film. So and I also just the last time I was viewing it, I loved the way that like her di- her explanation of the tax audit like weirdly framed the movie. This idea mm-hmm. of like this is completely senseless, this is nonsense, <laughs> and yet I I see a narrative. I see a story, and that like she's doing exactly that work as well. And at the center, there's like this like bagel like that, and that's like weirdly like like you're doing the same thing with the universe. It's like this like giant like senseless audit that just keeps like going and won't end. It just yeah. See again, I just love this movie. <laughs> it's a really good point. <laughs> Nature as bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's exhausting like it's just so exhausting and i know like like i take your point tom like it is it it's an aesthetic that makes you tired i feel like like a lot of it Mm. like kind of wears you out um and then but at the same time like it's an exhausting idea like the it's Mm. like these people are just exhausted all the time um throughout this movie well, I'd like to once again congratulate our winner in this universe, Margaret. Don't worry, Tom. I'm sure you got a few more points in another universe somewhere. I don't know that you may have won, but <laughs> congratulations if you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you, I guess. <laughs> Give myself a paper cut and try and draw the questions. And I can't watch that scene. scene. I I close my eyes. I'm such a wuss. (laughs) But he's so funny when he goes, you can't give yourself a paper cut when you're trying to give yourself a paper cut. I did have a question about that scene. So at at some point, Evelyn is just, this is before she becomes super Evelyn. She is just able to do, without any prompting from the headphones, weird things that give her powers. But don't the headphones have to tell you what to do? Don't the people in the alpha world have to tell you what things you have to do to yeah the statistical yeah yeah well isn't that the thing like (laughs) i mean honestly there's a lot of problems like with this movie like i don't know if this is a good time to bring up but like it falls apart in many places um i mean just the fact that though like you should kill joy like because that doesn't give her access here and i'm like how does that make any sense she can (laughs) also be a lock or pinata so like what's going on but infinite world there's infinite yeah like this is this is all about but like yeah i I thought that the headsets were yeah so you could get directions so you could safely jump so Mm. anybody could jump but and that's like evelyn's isn't that like evelyn's gift that she like kind of recklessly and haphazardly just like 
goes from place to place and it doesn't and that's kill what, her. Yeah, that's what ends up opening up her her capacity is that she mm-hmm. just she does it without guidance. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's, that's what the I point, think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean it also could be a big would... problem. Like I yeah. think this movie has problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, another thing that doesn't make sense is why do you lose the skills or what's the time limit? Why do you have to keep going back for the kung fu skills? Why do you have to keep <laughs> like when they like the guy loses the ability to fight when you pull the the thing out of his butt? Yeah, <laughs> right. They both, right. Like it's, yeah. it's both tied the to the time. weird thing. Like yeah. if she yeah. put her shoes on the other one, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, or they lose whatever. the headsets and then they're just kind of like slapping each other in this really mm-hmm. pathetic way. So that goes to your point, Tom, that the headsets do seem to be more important yeah. than just the directions. I, you know, and this isn't uh, this isn't really a true criticism, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, this we're is not nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, Please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we finish our fresh movie block when we discuss Top Gun Maverick. That's Top Gun 2, everybody, from 2022. Stay tuned for our first impressions of Maverick. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Top Gun Maverick from 2022. Chris, how was your watch? Uh, so I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. I wasn't super ready to go see it because I had never and still have never seen the original Top Gun. Uh, but wow. my mom, my mother wanted to go. My my wife wanted to go. So a lot of people in my 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 area wanted to go. So I went and I, I loved it. It was one of those. It was the first movie after the pandemic that really felt or captured that like summer movie magic of it's just exciting and thrilling. And I didn't really care if it was the best plot or if all the if all if there was plot holes all over the place. It didn't matter. It was just really fun and really exciting. And I rewatched it just recently for this podcast. And once again, uh, there were I, there were certain parts where I got goosebumps and. I, I, you know, as a an educated movie watcher, I felt a little sad that I was getting goosebumps at a Maverick movie, but at the same time, I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in for Maverick for sure. Tom, what about your first impressions? I'm sure they're exactly the same as mine, right? Oh God. Uh, so I, I have a version of this first impressions where I just, I just curse for about five minutes straight and poor KJ has to bleep them out. Um, but, I, but I won't do that one. Uh, I, I saw this for the first time for this podcast. I finished it about an hour ago and I, I've seen the first one because we did it for the show. And I really dislike the first one. I think this movie is better than the first one. I really, really strongly dislike this movie. I think the last 25 minutes or so, the la- the, the dogfight is pretty exciting. I think the 
cinematography is pretty lovely throughout the film. What is lacking for me is, I, first of all, I can't, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. I think with the exception of the Mission Impossible films, he's pretty hard to watch. And I think that includes this movie. His kind of emotional scenes are, uh, you know, a combination of like grimacing and um, you know, looking into the sunset or something like that. And there aren't a lot of characters in this movie. They really don't. The writers of this film really do not generate characters. I know at one point there's somebody named Yale, but we might see his face at one point, but he, he certainly isn't a character in any kind of meaningful way. And that's even true of Miles Teller's character, Rooster, who is, is not developed. We don't know anything about him. Um, we don't exactly know very much about Jennifer Connelly's character. Why is she interested in the sky? how was there you know there's no kind of like wit or sparkle to it however that those last 25 minutes really are exciting and that's when you could see the director who's very skilled he's a, he's a very good director and the cinematography kind of get to take over the picture they kind of take it away from the actors and the screenwriters and just get to give us this really thrilling and really well-filmed dogfight and that last 25 minutes i i did enjoy Ragnar, how was your watch? Tom is, of course, incorrect about everything he said. Uh, walking out of <laughs> not the just theater, today, <laughs> all hundred and forty-seven episodes. <laughs> I mean, no, not just Wait, about movies. Anything? Connie, what is this? A family drama? We're talking about jet fighters. The only character I need developed is Tom Cruise and his jet fighter. No, but uh, walking out of the theater, I was. I was a little bit upset that it takes a 60-year-old Tom Cruise to get back into the movies and actually make a proper action film that is phenomenal. I'm tired of all the Marvel movies. I'm tired of all the John Wick movies that are just mind-numbing action. This movie was incredible. It didn't have a single bullet or explosion except for the first one in the intro for the first 120, I mean, I'm sorry, first hour and 25 minutes but still it was super engaging and and then by the time it gets to the 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 action scene the last 25 minutes was, which was what tom was referring to you're just your socks are knocked off i thought it was phenomenal hey kj what do you think about it everybody i know was recommending this movie the my friends who are movie lovers the the marvel crowd the blockbuster crowd even the art house crowd a little bit was like, eh, yeah, okay. It was like everybody was recommending it, but I was still kind of like, I, you know, I want to see it. I loved the first movie, at least the soundtrack. Um, so we watched it and it was great. We watched it as a family on the living room TV with the surround sound. And I loved it. I actually think it should have won best picture that year. I loved everything everywhere all at once. Listen to the episode you just listened to for more on that. But I really, really liked Top Gun Maverick. And just like Tom, I guess my favorite character might have been Yale. Right, Tom? Was that one of your favorites? That... <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's Who? a character oh, named Yale. I've seen this Yale. movie twice. I have no idea who you guys are talking <laughs> about. This, this is my problem. <laughs> oh. Top Gun Maverick is available on Amazon's Prime Video at the time of this recording. Wow. Talking Studios. So another side story, Hannah, whenever she wants to fall asleep, she puts on the podcast. <laughs> the, the other day she said, I woke up and it was still on. <laughs> and then she goes, 
<laughs> Tom tells about the movie. KJ tells about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>